I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's along with key stats. We bring honest and critical analysis. I'm super excited today because as many of the big names that we've had on the show before, we've never had somebody who has held this title. Head coach of the Atlanta Dream, Nikki Collin, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I think, you know, a lot of people might have been shocked, might have opened their eyes and said, oh, man, there's a big trade that just happened in the WNBA earlier today. And you guys were on one of the sides of the trade. Um, Could you talk to me? You know, uh, I'm curious your feelings on what does Alex Bentley bring to your team that maybe the team didn't have before or or what she adds to what you already got going? Sure. Well, I, I had the, the, you know, the chance to, to coach her in Connecticut. So certainly aware of her skill set. Um, I just felt like when I, when I look at our roster and I look at some of our struggles offensively at times, I just think she's someone where even though she's really a true combo guard and can really, really score the basketball, um, I just think she's someone that, you know, last year when she moved to the bench for us in Connecticut, she actually was a three to one assist turnover um, player and really did a good job off the bench last year at uh, controlling tempo for us in Connecticut. And, you know, she's so explosive off the ball screen and plays fast, And but she can really pass. And I think it's kind of underrated what a good passer she is off the dribble. And so I think for us, when I think about, you know, Renee as our starting point guard and her ability to shoot the ball and uh, kind of direct our team, the idea of being able to bring an Alex Bentley off the bench uh, along with Brittany Sykes to continue to play really fast and, and for her to help create shots for some of our post players and, and some of our wings um, is, is really exciting to me. And then on the flip side, I truly believe she's one of the, the premier on ball defenders in the league. Like she just really can get into a ball handler, can really move her feet. And so she gives us a really good defensive presence as well. Coach, I, I want to get into your defensive side of things uh, here in a second. But I was noticing, statistically, you guys struggle for me on the three-point line. Um, you're last in the league in three-point percentage, right at 28%, shooting it right now. Uh, did did ben, Bentley overall is shooting 30% on the year, but as of late, these last four games, she's shooting above 40%, around 42%. Um, did her shooting ability, not that she's a premier shooter in the league, but did that have any any play in that offensively? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, I really like I, I you know, certainly wanted a, a creative uh, guard. And I think she's that. I think what Alex is, is kind of one of those um, instant offense type players. And she can really get it rolling from three. She she tends to she makes one. You know, she she's bound to make three um, from the arc. Um, you know, she's really good in the pull-up game. It's always been, you know, probably her greater strength, but she can create her own shot and she can create shots for others. And so, yeah, I think she gives us just more offense off the bench. We want to be a better three-point shooting team. Um, I'm okay, you know, when we shoot 25 threes, um, even if our percentage isn't as high as I'd like it, because I, I think it does open up driving lanes when we start to stretch people and make them close out to us. So, I'm looking back at your schedule and and you guys are such an intriguing team because you're like these silent assassins that can take down anybody, any given night. Um, And and you do it on the defensive end of the floor. 
and the and the way you read on the ball. You're you're one of the most disciplined teams in the league defensively, and you've been able to take down the storm. You've been able to really at this point sweep Connecticut, which um, you were the team ultimately that stopped their their hot streak at the beginning. Um, you've beat you've beat the Lynx, the defending champions, and so I I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, and you guys talk about it so much, we hear about it so much. Is that something that, like, at the core of who you are as a coach, the way you wanted to build this team was we are going to get it done on the defensive end of the floor? Well, I think you have to. um, You know, when you looked at Atlanta in the past, um, and even when I took over the roster, you know, you you have to combine, like, who you are as a coach with what you inherit um, in terms of your roster. And then you certainly have the ability through free agency in the draft to add pieces. But, you know, I, I felt like, um, overnight, we weren't going to become a great three-point shooting team. Um, Tiffany Hayes is going to make threes, um, but we're not going to rely on her to make threes to win games, um, you know, consistently. And so you you take what you've got and you build with that. And certainly my background as a defensive coordinator, I'm very comfortable building, you know, the building blocks of a good defense. And and so when we started in training camp, it was, it was very basic. It was, here's how we're going to defend flare screens, and now let's do it. And here's how we're going to defend pin downs now here, let's do it. And here's how we're going to defend, you know, and, and you really start to teach actions and ball screen defense. And so, you know, while you certainly are going to game plan specifically for an opponent or a specific action with a specific team with this shortened season and with so little true um, preparation, you know, you're typically on a one day prep as opposed to some years where you get two days prep you have to, they have to trust that they know how to guard actions if they don't know every play call and they don't know um, situationally. So, hey, they just set a flare screen. We know what we're doing. So we definitely wanted to build it with a base so they understood here's who we are and then let's tweak it based on our opponent. So that's what we do. You know, there's certainly, this is how we want to defend in the post and this is how we defend ball screens. But hey, against Phoenix, you know, we want to make Camille Little beat us. So, you know, our... Our four defenders were deep and help side, you know, and, and sometimes tag and grind her early and, and being ready to double her. And so you go game plan to game plan, but we definitely started with a base. And I found that to be really, really important that we have the discipline of a base defense. It's really interesting. I'm looking at blocks per game and you guys are 0.1 behind the Phoenix Mercury, which I think uh, is very underrated. You guys have an insane paint presence. Something I want to ask you though is, what do you believe your biggest inconsistency is or something that you need to improve most moving forward? Our ball movement. You know, the ball sticks too much with us still. It certainly was a point of emphasis when I took the job. It's, it's going to continue to be a point of emphasis. You know, we have a team of players who can make plays and make plays on their own and getting them to consistently trust the pass, trust the next action. Um, you know, just because you can go get a shot doesn't mean – that you should every time you touch the ball. So I think at times we don't get enough movement. We, we, we watch, we ball watch too much. You know, we don't get into actions and have enough backside movement. Um, and so, you know, there are times when I see us start to do it. I mean, we, we really, uh, we've tried to, to force some of that with certain sets that we run, you know, like against Phoenix. Hey, we're, we're going to run a lot of floppy against Phoenix because, we really need to get them moving side to side and we need to get Bonner on the move. We need to get Trossi on the move. We need to, you know, loop them into actions and 
you know, I thought it was really effective for us. Um, a lot of the floppy actions we were running because, you know, it forces us to get into action rather than to get into isolations. Um, we have players that are good in isolations, but it's not always the, the most fun basketball to watch. For, for, for the listeners, Coach, can we, can, can we explain briefly a floppy action? All right, good. Let's, let's explain floppy. So floppy action, you got your two wings starting out typically on your wing. You have your post kind of in the low to mid block area. And you basically cross your guards and use your posts to screen. So you're basically taking your guards and switching sides of the floor. Um, and then you can run a lot of things out of that. You know, we, we, we ran some back screens and some pin downs. And, and even after that, you know, you're going you're gonna to run into step ups and ball screens. But, you know, just getting movement from one side of the floor and forcing defenders to not, you know, kind of be able to sit on the nail or, or, or be in help side because you've got them on the move. Thank you for filling us in on that. I, I, I didn't want to be the one to ask it. So thanks. <laughs> um, so back to you being a new coach. So something that I've always, you know, talking to coaches and, and, and just viewing coaches from, from kind of outside the bubble, cause I'm not as cool as the two of you. Um, but something that I've always kind of assumed, and, and I'd like your take on this, is assistant coaches often get to be a little bit more friendly, a little bit more of the person that players go to uh, when they have issues, or they don't necessarily have to be the one to put their foot down, to put the hammer down when there's touchy topics. You're known as a friendly person, and you definitely exude kindness. So talk to me about like that transition from being an assistant in that regard to being a head coach. Yeah, probably the hardest part for me, you know, really without question. I think um, I like to be liked, you know, and, and I think I think my players would for the most part like me. But even on days like today, um, you know, it, it eats me up inside to, to tell a player we're trading them um, that that just, you know, knowing that was happening and, and, you know, that she's got friends on the team and how that was going to affect them. All that matters to me. You know, I know it's a business and I think we made a good business decision and I'm excited to coach Alex Bentley, but you know, Lasia Clarendon's a great person and a great basketball player. And, you know, so those conversations are hard for me and um, you know, I have to learn how to compartmentalize at times in those areas. But, you know, I think, I think I can't be anybody but myself, or I won't be good at my job. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, a great assistant coach is someone who can translate for the head coach, um, to use a simple term, you know, when I work for Kurt Miller, you know, sometimes he would say things in the heat of the moment and you have to get to, you have to get the players to understand, um, what he said and not the emotion of how he said it. And so, um, you know, I, I don't, uh, scream and yell as much as some coaches, um, but at times I'm still pretty harsh and pretty transparent. And, and, uh, I would say that I tell the players that all the time, like, don't be afraid to come talk to me because I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I'm not going to play games with anybody. Um, I'm going to tell you, you know, like I, I, I felt like I needed to talk to Amani um, after she had two great games in a row against Minnesota and Indiana and say, Hey, you have helped us, um, the last two games, but Seattle's a really tough matchup for you, you know, Howard and Stewie and that that's a tough matchup. So, so don't get discouraged if you don't play a lot tonight, because we're going to turn around and play Phoenix on Sunday and I'm going to need you again. And so, you know, I try to keep engaging them. I certainly don't have probably the same kind of relationship I had when I was an assistant coach. 
But I, I think most of our players players would still say I'm pretty approachable. I, I I think so. Just based on a, I saw that you lost a bet earlier, or maybe you won the bet and you had to wear. I think it was like a, a Louis Vuitton do rag or something for a while. That was amazing. A while, like I had to wear that post game in the airport on the airplane. I wore that all the way till we got to the team hotel. So like, talk amazing. about a trooper. It's like. That's like one of those uh, lost the bet, really won the bet, you know, because the whole point was, hey, if we go out and win this game, I'll do this. So it's more like winning a bet, but, you know, looking like a fool in the midst of winning a bet. So something that I feel as someone who has been a sports fan my whole life does not get asked to head coaches in the WNBA nearly enough, especially new head coaches. In every in every league, when a new coach takes on, especially when you know, typically you're not taking on a team that just won a championship. So there's obviously some sort of a rebuild going on. Um, something I want to ask you is kind of what's your three-year plan? How many years do you feel it will take for this team to be, you know, a perennial contender? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, we had so much um, progress. Like I felt like our first year in Connecticut to the point where, you know, coming back last year and year two, it was like super exciting to think about that team coming together. And then when Cheney tore her Achilles before last year, it was kind of like, okay, well now how are we going to be? Did that, that just put, you know, a, a glitch in our plans. Um, but I think when you look at Connecticut and you think about, you know, had Alyssa Thomas not got in, gotten injured and where they would be right now and how they were playing uh, with her in the lineup, I think it takes two to three years. Now that's different than say a Seattle, you know, when you've got a Sue Bird, you know, as your, as your leader and she might not have three years and, and there's, there's so much talent there. Like, I don't know that we need three years here, but I think we're a little bit inconsistent still right now because we're still um, kind of learning how to play together and learning uh, to break some habits um, that, you know, didn't happen overnight. Um, and, and so, you know, like, yesterday was a perfect example of, you know, we had five players in double figures and, and I just, I liked our ball movement and I liked a lot of things we did and I liked what our bench was doing. And, you know, I want to see more of that from our team. And so I I think it takes some time. So I don't, I'm not sure I'm a, the WNBA is a, is a funny beast because, you know, you start with a two-year contract. So trying to have a three-year plan is a little different, difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, because pro sports aren't like college. You don't get a six-year contract. Um, You know, the expectation is that, you know, maybe if you're not winning a championship in year one, but, you know, I I certainly think my ownership wants to see progress and and hopefully they're they're happy right now with where we're at and, you know, the direction we're headed. Um, But, you know, I think this is a team that can contend. I mean, Rachel talked about it. Like we've, we've beaten Seattle on the road. And we beat Minnesota at home. And now we've beaten Phoenix and played them really close in our first matchup this season. And, you know, so I, I think our roster is built in such a way that we can compete with anybody. The question is, in a three-game series, you know, do, do we trust each other enough? To, do we trust the game plan? Do we trust the system, um, you know, to win when it matters, you know, in, in playoff time? And we certainly have to take that step first of getting to the playoffs but I'm not afraid to tell my team like I did last night, like, Hey, we might be in the eight hole and Phoenix may be sitting here in one right now, but we know we're as good or better than them, you know, but we have to show it. We have to play that way. We have to prove it. We have to defend. We have to run. We have to pass. You know, you, you still have to, you still have to do it. Um, 
And so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily put a timetable, um, on myself or, you know, where we need to be championship wise. It's, it's interesting to look at some of your key wins this season. And here you are sitting at 500 uh, and you very easily could, you know, that, that could sway. Um, you're winning by a smaller margin. Uh, you're losing by a small margin. So we're, we're talking about a lot of close games you guys are playing. Um, what has been in some of those big wins, you know, the Connecticut wins, um, the win against the Lynx, even though, yes, they struggled, they're still the Lynx, um, the win against Seattle. Was it defense? Was it really connecting the dots with all the consistent things you've been talking about? What's that one thing that for the second half of the season? You know, when yeah, you, I think when, the, I, yeah, I think the thread, I, I think the thread in the big wins has been defense. I think if you look at the scores in those games and, and the number of points we held our opponents under their average, you know, we won those games. We won the game at Seattle. We won against uh, Connecticut. We, you know, we won with defense. Now, what we have to do, and in key wins like that, it's having um, a run, having a quarter, not letting. We, we've had a tendency to have a bad quarter, you know, and when you look at our body of work, you know, even last night, you know, obviously our bad quarter was the fourth quarter, but we won the first three quarters. Um, even our first loss at Dallas, which was our worst loss of the season, we we had a terrible second quarter. You know, we had a terrible third quarter against Indiana when when they got their first win. You know, we we've we've had these moments um, where we've had a bad quarter. So I think the threat of success for us, the, the consistency comes at the defensive end of the floor um, and holding teams under their average. And then it's it's not having a bad quarter. It's it's being a more consistent offensively. Um, and you know, we we had a train wreck quarter against Seattle in the second quarter on Friday night, and it did us in. You know, other than that, we were we were really competitive. Um, but we have to take good shots. We have to take care of the basketball. And so, you know, I think we'll continue to get better offensively. And I think Alex Bentley will help us be better offensively. But we've got to always stay true to like getting stops and taking our opponent's strengths away and, you know, giving them one shot and, and really, you know, kind of taking that approach that we're not a team that's just going to outscore everybody. We got to defend them and then, and then be smart in our execution. And putting together an entire 40 minute um, Correct. effort. So moving ahead, you guys have a big time matchup on Wednesday as you head to Washington to take on the Mystics. Um, not an easy feat as they are a very talented team who, you know, have been playing at a pretty high level right now. How do you stop Deladon? What are the keys to that game to, to get in that win? Well, I think you, you have to make her score over you, which she certainly can do. Um, but I think, you know, you have to, you have to guard her without fouling. It's just, um, you know, she's obviously special when it comes to getting to the foul line and she's not going to miss there. So, um, you have to take her tendencies away. You have to sit on her left hand, um, you know, and when she jabs, you can't go for the jab because that's all she needs to get to her left hand, um, you know, and then you have to pick her up early in transition uh, so she can't just dribble into her threes, you know, and it, with, with them, it's it's really a, it's really a Deladon Tolliver thing. It's uh, because they both can really, you know, get cooking from the arc and um, Atkins has obviously made them a better team because she's she's not only making shots, but she's a tremendous defender. She takes charges. Um, she plays her butt off. You know, so they play with a lot of energy. Um, I think you can 
get shots against them, but they are a hard, they're a hard team to guard. I mean, their, their game against Seattle last night, I just got done watching for the second time and it's just high level basketball. It's, it's fun to watch. It's great for our league to see two teams that can just really shoot the basketball and move it and score. Um, and so, you know, it's going to take a monumental defensive effort. Um, but I think, you know, we have length at the four spot, you know, and, and Breland is long and a capable defender, um, if she, if we switch and have to get Elizabeth on her, we're still long, you know, Angel's long enough. Um, so, you know, you, you just, you, you can't let her pick her spots, you know, when it comes to Deladon. And then you got to give them one shot. Um, something I've always been interested in, and talking to Kurt before the season started, he attributed a lot of last year's success to the Sun on film work and pregame study of the opponent. You just spoke about rewatching it for the second time. Uh, Washington's last game could you talk to me about you know what goes into the prep for games like this because you do have a a day or two to prep for this game versus you know a lot of games this season you don't correct yeah I mean um, you know we always felt last year in Connecticut that that we could beat anyone with a two-day prep Um, but you know it's just a the prep in this league and yeah I can't speak for everyone I I know that um, you know my goal is to never be outworked in preparation and I think Having worked for Kurt Miller, I'm not sure I can ever outwork him. Um, so my goal is to just, in some ways, you know, kind of work about as much as him. Um, but, you know, it's a, it, you just want to feel like you truly understand not just where they score, but when and how. And, and it's that feeling of when you've scouted enough in this league that you really start to understand coaches' tendencies as much as player tendencies. Cause we're all, you know, we're all guilty, you know, of that, of, you know, being creatures of habit, you know? And so, you know, you know, when you play Chicago and it's a late game situation that Amber stocks is going to run a hammer action, you know, and, and get slutty along the baseline and, and be looking for a drift pass or a crackback pass. And, you know, so you just start to understand tendencies and, and Washington doesn't have to run a lot of plays, you know, they're, they're very much an, an open floor team and, um, you know, they, they get in two man actions and, and if they can keep the floor spread, it's, it's really all about spacing for them. So can you congest, can you bother their spacing? Um, can you keep, keep players off their spots? Um, because, you know, that was the key for us against Phoenix. I mean, we, we, we knew that in the case of Tarasi and even watching their last game that, you know, off horns action, Tarasi got to the rim four times and got two and ones. You know, so our goal was like, hey, we're going to trap Trossi on every ball screen. And she still made five threes off the ball screen. You know, like it just was it's kind of mind boggling how good she is. But she didn't have a two point basket until late in the game um, because we we forced her to shoot it before the trap came or to give it up, you know, because she she didn't beat us off the bounce. So what can you do to disrupt? I mean, you've got to disrupt players timing and tendencies. So it's the same way when it comes to you know, a Tolliver or a Deladon. I feel like my IQ is like just shooting through the roof right now. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, Nikki, if, if things don't work out in Atlanta, and I sure hope they do, we will give you a six-year contract <laughs> to be on the show with us. All right. so. <laughs> I, I, I know that sometimes it's kind of like, I, I hope I'm using enough layman's terms that people you are, understand. You are. You know, but I, I, I really think that, you know, the, the, the talent in this league is so crazy um, that, you know, if you don't do something to disrupt people, 
um, you're in trouble. I mean, you're just, you're just in trouble. So if you don't have the kind of team that necessarily can always just run around and outscore people, um, then, then you got to outwork them. You got to outthink them. You got to, you know, when, when we, when we lost to Seattle, I mean, at, you know, at my press conference was probably a little over the top, but you know, my whole point was that I felt like for the first time all season that we did a poor job against Seattle of truly understanding what they were running and why they were running it. And, and I felt like we were behind the eight ball all night. And, you know, I, I just kind of was said, Hey, when they call elbow, you know, it's going to be an isolation for Clark or Stewie. And like, how are we getting posted up in that situation when we know it's coming? And so we're not going to let that happen against Phoenix. When Phoenix calls four down, by gosh, we're not going to be screened because it's a post play for Griner and everybody knows it. Right. You know, so you just you can't um, like my whole point was, hey, you guys are pros and your job doesn't end when you leave the practice court. Yeah, we've watched it on video. Yes, we've walked through it on the floor. But, you know, our video capabilities now and, the, and what we provide them and how we provide it to them, there's just no reason for them to not know what's coming. And especially when your coach is yelling, hey, they just called elbow. And so I really challenged our, our, our team after our Seattle loss that I just, I don't want to see that again. You know, like I don't want to look like a team that is unprepared because I feel like that makes me a bad coach because I have not done a good job preparing you. So, you know, we're all got to, we all got to put in a little more work. Coach, like ter- tremendous insight. I mean, just completely invaluable for for us, for the listeners. Just so great to get to hear just kind of your your vision, the way the way you're running the the dream organization. It's just, it's just tremendous. I, I want to completely switch switch gears on you here, um, and just talk about the superwoman aspect of what you're doing as um, a wife, as a mother to three uh, beautiful children, and just juggling all of that. We, we, we were talking about it briefly before we started recording, and, and your kids are at an age where they can really um, appreciate what you're doing and are embracing it, but they're also extremely busy, and you're extremely busy. Um, talk to me about that and just everything you're juggling at pivotal t- times in, in their ages right now, along with what you're trying to do with the, with the dream. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible what, what you're able to do. Well, I've said, you know, from the beginning, my, my career path, like really didn't go in a straight line and, and it was choices I made and, and, uh, you know, along the way and, and being the spouse of a coach and, someone who was 20 years older than me and established in the business, you know, it wasn't one of those things where, you know, I, I was an assistant coach and just kept elevating and getting better jobs and then became a head coach. It just, my, my path meandered, but you know, I've, I've kind of always believed things happen for a reason and, and um, you know, just feel incredibly lucky that, you know, I'm, I'm able to be a mom and, you know, the beauty of the WNBA is that the summer is insane and, you know, someone, Literally, I think the only thing I know outside of um, the WNBA and the standings and the records and the stats in the league is that, you know, the whole the soccer team rescue in Thailand. And I, I think other than that, I really have zero clue about any current events in the world because you get so focused um, on this season and this season being more intense than any other. But, um, you know, I, I think I, you know, I kind of paid my dues and and waited my turn. Uh, but was really ready to be a head coach when I became one. Um, and it's a really cool time for my family and my kids because when they were little, they got to see their dad be a head coach and their mom, you know, be on the bench some and, but still be at home. And and now, 
you know, I, I really think there's, um, it's really cool to see the pride in their eyes um, after a game and when they get to come in the locker room and, and kind of be a part of the celebration and, and watch me at a press conference, um, you know, because I want to be someone that not just my girls, but even my son, you know, look up and say, yeah, like I, I can do whatever I want professionally. And, um, you know, I, none of my kids play basketball, um, which is crazy, but they're all like super involved in sports. And, and the beauty of the WNBA is we have an off season. And so I'm a little bit more like a stay at home mom in the off season. I certainly have jobs to do, but I work from home and, and can scout a lot from home. And, and so it's a, it's kind of a cool opportunity to, to be really involved in their, their school life. And, uh, you know, I've got a daughter who rides horses and does competitive cheer uh, my son's into lacrosse and soccer. My other daughter's into lacrosse and anything else that you put in front of her. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of this cool balance that is even harder, I think, in the college profession because of the calendar. And so as tough as the summers are, it's a really cool opportunity, um, you know, for me as a mom to be to be able to do a little bit of everything. I, I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still catching up with all the basketball knowledge you just dropped on me. Um, I, I, I just want to personally and speak for Rachel and thanking Nikki for joining us on the show. Each week we cover different topics important to the W. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. Thank you.